From the studios of their respective lounge rooms, a team of pyjama-clad TV tragics ready to slice, dice and dissect the best and worst of what's on the box. It's TV Binge Box. Hello everyone, I'm TV writer, producer and all-round nerd burger Dan Bennett and welcome to a brand new episode of TV Binge Box. If you've listened before, thanks for joining us again. And if you're a first-time binge boxer, welcome to our little community of TV-loving misfits. We're here to give you our take on what's hot and what's not on the telly right now. It's a very big hello to our team. Steve Malt. Hello, here I am. Joe Casamento. Hello. And Stephen Brook. Hello. Another huge show ahead, Gang Joe. You'll be taking us through our group binge this week on the new Aussie drama Informer 3838. Mm Mm-hmm. And Brookie's diving into the archives for a bit of rewind. But let's start at the beginning. As they say in the classics, it's the very best place to start with our first segment. Clap or slap. What's been sizzling on the small screen this week and what should you avoid like the COVID apocalypse itself? Let's find out. Mulk, your numero uno this week. What have you been watching? Thank you, Dan. Gird your loins, friends. I have been watching heaps of stuff now. Girded. My standards roll on. Uh, Clone Wars... Westworld is doing great business. Um, Lego Masters is a family favourite, and I've got to tell you that my family have devoured every preview they can get their hands on. Um, We are, I think, one episode ahead of the normal humans, and it's fabulous. It's just fabulous. Um, Mystery Road... Australia's loving it. Sorry, Dan? Australia's loving it. Yeah, and Australia is loving it in a big way. Mystery Road, I am waiting on the ABC to put the last two episodes up because I have smashed that. That is so, so good. Uh, I have introduced my family to Stranger Things. Um, Now that Ah. I have teenagers that are old enough to handle it. In fact, right now, they are downstairs watching episodes... um, Five and six without me, and I'm personally a little bit hurting, but I know that they're loving it. Oh, no, they'll go ahead on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, no they're pushing through, absolutely. But mm. my absolute smashing round of applause clap for this week, Dan. Yes. The finale of season five of Better Call Saul. It was Ooh. monstrous. All of it almost okay, so you... entirely set in Mexico, but we saw Jimmy and uh, Kim, his now wife's relationship, seemingly take a really dark turn this is phenomenally built now for the final season which was supposed to come next year but probably be, will be 2022 all right you've been loving it all oh, season haven't you just so, deep 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 in love i've got to tell you i've never actually seen an episode of better call Saul or breaking bad Get out. i'm with friends. you dan i feel I ashamed to admit that <laughs> I, 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 I'm appalled. I've yes, seen none of Better Call Saul and I've only seen two episodes of Breaking All Bad. All of you people are dead to I me. This, this is horrific. It is like... We are in the minority, I've got it to is, say. It is. How can we call ourselves reviewers? I know. It's the... I'll tell you why. We need to hang our head in shame. This is not a thing about Malt because I didn't know him, but you know when something comes along and everybody mm. is wetting their pants over how good this thing is. Yes. And it's superlative art. I just always look the other way. Oh, Brookie. I think, okay, oh, you, out of you protest. Can have, but yeah, I don't need to have these pretentious conversations with you about how wonderful Breaking Bad is <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Oh. I'm going to do my own thing. For me, well, it was the CD right. drug lab element that Gosh. I just felt was dirty. Well, anyway. now that a little bit of my heart has just died. Oh, <laughs> Joe. Oh, that hurts. Well, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to fill it back right back up again, Malk. 
shot good yeah. Take heart. What have you got? Because I am actually going to say on your uh, recommendation, I watched Lego Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, and not being, you know, as you know, I'm a disaster when it comes to the little bricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I <laughs> was not, I didn't watch it last season. I made all the kids sit down and watch it. And it was so lovely. So it was so, you know, oh, seeing wholesome people doing wholesome things. It, it did fill my heart yes. with joy. I loved every minute. Um, and I think so often reality characters are... You know, the people drawn to entering those shows, even if they are cooks or renovators, they tend to be a certain style of person. I think this is really unique in that you get these really, I don't want to say nerdish, quirky characters who um, are just really different to people we've seen. So I'm loving that. I will say the only downside for me is... The time, and we've noticed this a few times in in a few shows we've we've talked about. It's just an hour and a half, almost feature length film on. I don't know. It, it's hard to not just put it on in the background sure. uh, and to actually zone in. Okay, so that's that. After the disappointment of uh, your slap last week, Dan, I went to uh, Louis Thoreau's version of Tiger King, oh, yeah. which he did oh, yes. in 2011. And I love Louis and I was left disappointed. I'm usually such a fan oh. of his. Um, and he only touched on certain elements of the Joe Exotic, you know, the completely bizarre world of Joe Exotic and the yeah. threesomes and the marriages and all that. And he really doesn't, he glosses over that. So I was a little bit disappointed there. We did a few movies. We've started watching Academy Award winning performances. So we started with Charlize, of course, in Monster, uh, in her amazing transformative role so as good. a serial is that, killer. Is that like, is so that a good. family movie in the Casamento? It is, it is. I have a daughter. It is. With one, with one daughter. She reads Charles Manson, you know, autopsy reports for wow. fun. So, yeah, she's a little bit out there. Um, and we also did The Piano, which is very fitting, being I think it's Ooh. National Holocaust Day. Uh, which I loved then, uh, Adrian Brody, who we haven't seen much of since he won that uh, Oscar for that, which I think he was the youngest person to ever win at that point. Um, but I was left a little ugh, at the end when I realised Roman Polanski made it because I don't know about you guys, ugh. but I can't listen to Michael Jackson's songs anymore. I can't watch Kevin Spacey. And when I, you know, just people that do yucky things, I feel changed about their art. Hang on. Anyway. The piano. Hmm. Isn't that like Produced. New Zealand film with... Uh, no, sorry, no, The Pianist. Did I say piano? You did. That makes more sense. Oh, yeah. please forgive me. I've just completely no, no, Now um, it makes total confused sense. You. Like, Roman the Pianist. Yeah, no, no, no. The Pianist. Forgive me, Adrian Brody's Oscar-winning role in The Pianist, uh, which is about the Holocaust. Yeah. Okay, no, I had to throw I, in something light. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Brookie. I was just going to say, when you said The Piano, I was puzzled. because. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought you weren't responding. Is, no, no, I just thought that is... Far too sort of plain and nice a film for the Casanova. <laughs> yes, no, no, watching. no. It, it was The Pianist in the Holocaust. It's not dark enough. I, not dark enough. But I did go light, of course. I, I'm still watching um, Nashville in the early hours of the morning till 4 a.m. I have a fellow like minded fan in Denise Scott from Studio 10 who yep. did shout out to Denise. Um, and also Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, loving that. That's back on. Okay. But the one I want to talk about this week is the documentary, The Kingmaker. It's currently on stand. You might have seen it at the top. And it continues my fascination with true stories that are stranger than fiction at the moment. And this one, you can't make up. I am old enough that I remember Imelda Marcos, of course. Oh, yes. um, 
who I just remember the shoes, that was the story mm. at the time, mm. who was a historical figure, you know, that we all know. Um, and this is made by Lauren Greenfield. Now, I don't know if you saw the documentary Queen of Versailles, which is fabulous. You have to see that if you haven't seen it. Okay. Um, and it's, it starts off as like a satirical look into the former First Lady of the Philippines. We open, she's in a limousine, she's 90, still dressed to the nines, and she's handing out these crisp dollar bills to the impoverished Manila children out the window of her limousine um, before driving by the palace she once lived in and then was kind of exiled from. Um, so it's a it's a bizarre look at this ridiculous figure who was a monster really um, mm. and she's still at 90 unaware of what her rule with her husband did to the people of the Philippines. She's utterly unrepentant. Um, she's an emblem of that sort of faded wealth um, and you see these images flash across the screen of her with Ronald Reagan or with uh, Castro or Nixon or Gaddafi or Saddam Hussein or, you know, it's really an incredible story of excess um, in that let them eat cake way. But it, there's a real darkness to it as well and it scares me for their future. Um, mm. She's Their family is currently behind the current uh, leader there at the moment and, you know, it really is a sort of... Inside look at it's compelling television. Yep. I have to tell you, I was completely hooked, and I reckon you will be too if you if you tune in. And it's only you know a documentary length, so for one episode, so it's worth doing even for your historical knowledge. So I'm going to give that a big clap. Fantastic! I've actually seen that. Ah, what do you I think? I second your clap. Yeah. it is so good. I had no idea what to expect. Like you, I sort of just went, "Oh, that's the shoe lady." Mm. The shoe and lady. And my God, the story just <laughs> just went so on. Like, yeah, so dark and so twisted. Wife of the president of the Philippines, I think, was her job title. Yes, oh officially. my God! The most bizarre <laughs> thing I have to tell you is when she visits the husband who's dead, and it's like a scene out of Cinderella. He's in his glass coffin, and he's oh, like oh, waxed he and stuffed. It's just a bizarre look into this world. You know, she got giraffes and lions and tigers flown over for a present just on an island and dispossessed a few thousand people. You know, it's really just a horrific wow. look into a narcissistic, mm. rich bitch. There you are. Full yeah, stop. That's a great one. <laughs> Everyone should check that should. out. Brookie, what have you got for us? I've been watching the Anset ad that someone put up on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> think, things are really getting dire in lockdown. Event with, well, you know, it's an important creative industry in Australia. Uh, a hilarious cavalcade of celebrities. Ida Buttrose. I'm with, I'm with Anset, absolutely. Even Daniel McPherson, Diana Bubbles wow. Fisher. So wow. if you want to be reminded Ooh. of a era, it's on my Twitter. Um, oh, I'll have to go look. And Daniel McPherson jumped on and said that he was, you know, 18 or 19 at the time and he got paid wow. in Anset frequent flyer points. So took his mates around Australia <laughs> on a jolly. Amazing. <laughs> I remember Good. when Anset died and all the redundancies because totally. I lived right near the airport. Yeah. yeah, totally right. Uh, so then into sort of like proper quality TV, Gogglebox continues <laughs> to impress. I am missing some of the former households that are not on, but I think the new households are seamlessly integrating and already feel like yep. they're old friends. 100th episode this week, Brookie. Wow. You are our statistician in the know. <laughs> uh, it was a hilarious thing because I've actually been, personal confession, I won't go any further than the pod, obviously, mm. but there was a scene between the mother and the daughter and they are talking about, I know in the lockdown I'm meant to be self-improving and bettering and she, she said, I'm just not, I can't be stuffed. <laughs> I'm just mm. being really lazy. I've taken up the piano again, which has Brookie. been 
Oh. A fantastic, uh, for me, remembrance of that era in high school. And I found out that I actually played a hell of a lot of film and TV things. Wow. Oh, let me guess. You super no, 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 you cannot guess. And I'm going to show you one of them and you're not allowed to mention it because it's just a little bit embarrassing. But <gasps> oh, Of course oh. you did. <laughs> of course you did. Can I tell you, it is really hard. It is really hard. The so. theme. From well, we have to mention it because this is an do. audio media. No, I, I, we need to leave them guessing. Yeah. That oh, is you've had a pact. You've had a pact. Yes. yes. I don't yes. think I agreed to the pact. <laughs> you, you, can, you can guess on social media, kids. Okay. The answer might surprise What did Brookie you. play? Uh, I'm just going to say uh, shoulder pads. There's the clue. <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> anyway, I uh, switched on Mystery Road, uh, being a bit of an ABC drama aficionado. Um, I have come late to this. I missed the film. I missed the first series. Have to say I was a bit underwhelmed. I love a good mystery. I love outback settings. I was a big fan of Total Control, the other ABC drama, which mixed Indigenous issues with politics. To me, that was a lot more convincing. I just found it, rather than being intriguing, a little bit baffling and I was not in terribly engaged with that so it was more misfire road than mystery road for me wow. well I like what you did there mm. that that took me actually four hours to think up um <laughs> well, I'll give you a clap there you are but I will be looking at season two again on, sorry episode two on Sunday night so we'll see how that goes uh I spent a bit of time in Canberra in a previous life covering federal politics. So, of course, on Monday night, I switched on to 7.30, which had its highest ratings in five years for the Malcolm Turnbull ah. Prime Minister. I've got a book to flog. Yes. <laughs> and people uh, to burn. Yes. Yeah, which in some ways was a barnstormer because our 29th Prime Minister was just incredibly indiscreet about former colleagues, whether they were friends or enemies. Yep. Uh, what he said for a lot of the time was gobsmacking. But a real highlight for me, I thought, was rare honesty, not just for a politician, but Australian man talking about their depression mm. and how even at his life stage when he'd been a successful politician, things completely fell apart for him. Mm. Uh, I do feel that Lee Sales drew a lot out of him, but it was all on Malcolm's turf. And we didn't really confront head-on whether Turnbull was the author of his own demise and whether he was a bit deluded about his abilities as Prime Minister because it's totally mm-hmm. contentious, yeah. depending on how, what, what people think. So mm. I wanted a Spanish Inquisition. Uh, I felt we got a bit Adelaide Writers' Festival. Oof, wow. In the show. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm ambitious so for I've my written, leader, um, Brookie. I, I, I've written about it uh, in Crikey uh, in a bit more depth, but I came away actually a bit like I came away from Malcolm Turnbull, Prime Minister. It was just pondering what might have been if there'd been the a myth. bit more of a... Mm. Well, mm. if there'd been a bit more of a hard-edged Sarah Ferguson kind of, you know... Mm-hmm. I don't think Lee went approach. soft, but I understand what you're saying. No, I don't think she went soft, but she was, you know, definitely, I think there was a bit of mutual respect and admiration amongst both yeah. of Which them. Which is funny where... you say that, because I, I didn't see it, Brookie, but I did see her interview ScoMo the other day, and I thought she was really giving him a grilling, considering how well we are doing in this, and it was all about, obviously, COVID-19, and I thought she was really, you know, being unnecessarily, you know, so she can do it when she wants to. 
Yeah. Mm. And uh, given that everybody has a different opinion, both on ScoMo and on Turnbull, uh, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because armchair critics like us Mm. are going to have a bit of a go at you each way. By the way. Yeah. Yeah. So was that a clap or a slap overall, Brookie? Oh, I think for both those shows, I'm raising my hand, but more in sorrow than in anger. I'll give it a slap, for goodness sake. We need to use the uh, sound. (laughs) Yeah, we've got a sound effect we have to use. Okay, I'll give it a smack then. A smack, not a slap. Okay, that's a gentle slap. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. All right. Is it time Thank for my you. rewind now? <laughs> no, it's not. No. Okay. <laughs> Five episodes in over the main... Already, you're turning things on its head, Stephen Brook. You can't go from right. entree to dessert. We're missing well, we're the main. Twins, okay, I'll shut up It's now. time for me to talk now, Brookie. Okay. <clears throat> so, Joe, I've been inspired by you when I watched the first episode of the new series of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which oh, landed did? on Foxtel last week. I did. Look, okay, here's a confession. I have been a little ah, bit in the know. closet with you the last few weeks because I actually am a bit of a Housewives <gasps> fan. Oh, my God, you just oh, made wow. me tingle all in all sorts out. of places, Dan. Yeah, I can't wow. even tell you. <laughs> What's going on? The Atlanta franchise is my favourite, okay, because oh, Nene Leakes is a queen um but i have semi kept up with the beverly hills show over the years i thought the new series opener was good well they're missing lisa vanderpump aren't they they are and i I also miss messy old kim richards it was always fun when she was drunk drunk and a bit of a hot mess um so i think it needs to get a little bit more interesting to keep me coming back so we'll check that one out well there is promise of denise richards and brandy yes she goes all lesbian and she starts yeah it's just very interesting tune in now viewers if you want a bit of uh, (laughs) excitement to your life I also had a look at a drama series called Startup on Amazon Prime. So the thumbnail for this one says it follows the emergence of GenCoin, a brilliant yet controversial tech idea centred on digital currency, an idea that gets incubated on the wrong side of the tracks by three strangers who don't necessarily fit the mould of tech entrepreneurs and a crooked FBI agent who will go to any lengths to track them down. It stars Adam Brody, Mara Marrero and Martin Freeman doing a very good US accent. It's sort of got 24 vibes. It's in that kind of a thriller space. Um, I enjoyed it. I didn't love it. So for me, that's sort of a, you know, not bad, but don't cancel your dinner plans kind of verdict. I also checked out How to Fix a Drug Scandal, a four-part Netflix docuseries that follows the ripple effects of two state chemists in the US whose faulty drug tests left more than 20,000 defendants in legal limbo. So basically one of the main chemists involved was a drug addict who used to steal the drug she was meant to be testing and provided false reports to try to cover her tracks so that when she was discovered, it meant that any criminal who had been convicted based on her work would be essentially free to go. So the government got involved and tried to cover it up because clearly they didn't want to open that can of worms. Uh, But of course, it was all ultimately uncovered. It's full of conspiracy and cover-up of lawyers fighting the good fight to expose the truth. Some reviews had billed it as the next Tiger King on Netflix. I certainly wouldn't go that far at all, but it's an interesting watch. If you're into that kind of thing, it's definitely worth your time. And sticking with the docuseries vibe, the show I really focused on this week was The Innocence Files, which dropped on Netflix last week and has a lot of people talking. It's a nine-parter that shines a light on the untold personal stories behind eight cases of wrongful conviction that the non-profit organisation The Innocence Project and organisations within the Innocence Network have uncovered and worked tirelessly to overturn. The nine apps are composed of, comprised of rather, three compelling parts titled The Evidence, The Witness and The Prosecution. 
The story served to expose difficult truths about the state of America's deeply flawed criminal justice system. It shows how wrongful convictions not only destroy individual lives, but also have an impact on science and what is taken seriously as a legitimate piece of evidence. In fact, in just about half of the cases the Innocent Project tackles every year, they can prove that forensic scientists was forensic science was misapplied or misused okay. to incorrectly oh, convict that's people. That's terrifying. It is. It is. Yeah, they go into dental work and oh. eyewitnesses. It's yeah, it's a staggering number and it's a really compelling wow. series. Whoopi Goldberg's been raving on about it on social I'm glad media you did and that, I'm cuz I looked at it and yeah. didn't know whether to go there. It's really worth it. Okay. So it's a big, a big clap for me. Amazing. Right. Yes. All right. So that's what we've been checking out this past week. Let us know what you've been watching. We're at TV underscore binge box on Twitter. Come and say hello. We are nothing if not desperate and needy. Mm. So we'd love to hear from you. That's yes. sad, but it's true. Um, we work for praise <laughs> and, and attention. Yes. That's right, we do. Now, before we totally wrap up Clap or Slap for the week, we need to give a big clap to the Ben, Rob and Robbo yes. show, which premiered this week. Ben Norris, Rob McKnight and David Robbo Robinson, Monday through Thursday at 1pm on all the TV Black Box socials and Ticker TV. The gents have their hot takes on all the news, their special interviews, and Malk and Joe are regular contributors too. Mm. Malk talks TV on a Monday. Joe, yep. we're recording this on a Wednesday night and you're about to make your debut yes, I, tomorrow, Thursday. I am doing what I call the Chock Top Chats, uh, reviewing a movie. I mean, it has changed since the inception, since movie theatres are shut down. But as we know, <laughs> there's plenty to watch inside and, and the Joe. impact... Pivot. On the, uh, yes, we're pivoting. That's exactly it. And can I just say, and I know I'm not just doing this for praise, I have been gobsmacked by the, uh, how they're pulling this off, what they're pulling off from their respective lounge rooms. It's Mm. bloody amazing. It really is groundbreaking. Yeah. Really good. Brookie, I noticed that you and I haven't got the call up yet. So you think that, well, that's Rob's way of telling us we have good heads for podcasting? Or No, actually, I'm so glad you brought that up, Dan, because I did want to <laughs> address that because I know my many listeners, fans, would be wondering why <laughs> I'm absent from this new venture. And I'll just say my appearance fee was too high. Mm. <laughs> Maybe you can play the theme song on the piano. Great idea. That's a great idea. But the show is really great. Lots of fun. Very informative. So make sure you check it out, as I said, Monday to Thursday at 1pm on all the TV Black Box socials and Ticker TV. Stick with us, folks. More TV Binge Box right after this. Shocking celebrity secrets. Justin Bieber's word against mine. Backstage drama. All of a sudden, Dolly Parton walks into the room. And controversial opinions. I'm not saying she's been approached. I'm saying this is what I'm hearing is the crunching options. TV Black Box, the podcast where people who've worked in the TV industry spill their juiciest stories. Julie used to like to drink on set. TV Black Box, available in your favourite podcast feed. Yes, TV Black Box is back next Tuesday with an all-new episode, so make sure you tune in for all the latest news and analysis from the world of TV. But in the meantime, still more Binge Box to get through. What's next, voiceover man? Group Binge. Yes, it's Group Binge time. For first-time listeners, this is basically our TV version of a book club. Each week we nominate a show that we're all going to watch and hopefully you'll watch along too and send us your thoughts because we want you to be a part of the show. Joe's our group binge leader this week. Mm. Joe, what did you have us all watching? Oh, yes, Dan. So this week we delved back into the Underbelly franchise, which first hit screens back in 2008, I think it was, and is still regarded as one of our most loved television events of all time. Uh, for this year's flag- flagship drama, Informer 3838, which of course focus on, 
focuses on the high-flying barrister turned informer Nicola Gobbo. That's a mouthful. The famous lawyer X who stunned the public in 2018 when her involvement in the famous Melbourne gangland killings were revealed and how she represented both the yes. crime figures by day and secretly informed on them to police by night. So far, only half has been aired. Uh, the second half will be aired next Monday night at 8.40pm on Channel 9. Uh, but there is plenty of reaction and I have to tell you it is mixed. Uh, they vary greatly and we will of course get to my fellow bingers verdicts at the end of this discussion. Uh, but they vary like it's huge the pendulum uh some say one dominique parisi said on my twitch on my instagram i switched off after five minutes and ordinary at times from fiat vic to i really enjoyed watching it from pot chain and loved it from um some other followers so i can't wait to hear what you all think um i want to start with you dan uh a lot yeah. of the cast we brought back and we've seen again guys and grantley of mm. course um, has come back as Carl Williams and Robert Mamone as Tony Mockbell. Ella Scott Lynch, uh, it really is a female-driven piece, isn't it? It's, it's, it's her time to shine. You might know her from Love Child. When I think of Underbelly, I think of iconic characters like Vince Colosimo. Um, I mm -hmm. think we all remember him as Alphonse Gangitano and Faras Durrani as John Ibrahim or even Emma Booth, uh, who did a brilliant portrayal as the prostitute Kim Hollingsworth. Um, and I think even at one point, Nicole Kidman's name was thrown into the mix for this. So this was a real wow. win for Ella. Um, I think you've worked with Ella before, correct me if I'm wrong, because uh, she did work yes. on Home and Away. You've written for Home and Away. Uh, yeah. Tell me, to start with the casting, um, Dan, did they get it right? I think they did. Ella is a really great talent. I, I just remember this. We found her. We found her. I'm picking <laughs> Oh, look at you. Um, as you should. <laughs> no, cast your minds back, people, to 2005. One of the biggest stars on TV was Home and Away's Beck Cartwright, if you remember. Yes. By that time, Beck Hewitt. She fell pregnant and announced she wanted to leave the series, but her character, Hayley Lawson, was in the middle of some huge stories and we'd written quite a way in advance. So we had this really big predicament. The only option was to recast the role, which was super tricky because Beck was so well known. Um, but we had to do it and we just decided to make a virtue of it. Today, tonight, got involved in the search for the new Hayley and Ella came in and as soon as she did, we just knew that she had to be the one. She looked nothing like Beck and she had a completely different energy, but she was just such a good actress and she, she just slipped into that role seamlessly and, and made it her own. And I've loved tracking her career since then. She's done lots of great stuff, but this is her first like real leading mm, role. Mm. I mean, this is her show. She carries it yep. and she totally owns it. For me, she was actually the highlight of the entire thing. Right. I had some issues in other places, but she was fantastic. I mean, if I'm getting picky, I found the Olympia Valance character, who I love Olympia uh, as well, as her best friend. They're supposed to be the same age and I found that jarring because there's clearly mm -hmm. a massive age gap there. Um, and I did love Terence Hodgins' character played by Reese Muldoon. Look, Brookie, there's no more fascinating a story than this and these, you know, they have really kept us entertained, amused, infatuated for such a long time, the Melbourne gangland killings um, and the material from, you know, the books, the TV shows, the newspapers, the inquiries, the Royal Commissions. Our expectations were very high, especially given how popular Underbelly has been as well. Uh, but as listener at Lachlan's.land, I think pointed out, and he wrote the narrative, which should have been super engage him, engaging, left him feeling 
flat and that it was a bit mediocre. He points out that how if you have high expectations, it can sometimes fall flat. Do you think, Brookie, it lived up to the hype for you? I was really worried because I followed the story. The Sky News had a really good two-part documentary on Lawyer X that had been put together, and I was sort of observing what was happening on Twitter when it went out. Uh, Duncan McNabb, who's the crime editor of 7news.com.au, mm-hmm. mm. said he lasted 20 minutes, and Colin Vickery at the Herald Sun was talking about how it was shot very quickly, etc., etc. But I have to say I was riveted. Right. And I knew quite a bit mm-hmm. about the story. I think that the characters were so believable and so well acted and actually given that they had to cover quite a lot of ground both in terms of the chronology of what happened but also a wide variety of characters I felt that they were skillful enough the script writers to just provide moments of three-dimensional behavior between a lot of the characters which might have just been a very slight line of dialogue or a sort of look between them so I was really sucked in. I, I struggle job. with liking her character. Obviously, she's, she's a complex character. But, and I, I, I don't, don't know, know if that we're meant to. No, because... but I feel like some of the criminals in the past series you've kind of liked, even though you know what they're doing is so monstrous. But with her, I don't know if we got why. The why of mm. why no, well, hey, she was know, so I, capable I, I, of playing both sides and using I, sex as a weapon. And You are probably right, but yeah. we do have part two to come, we do. remember. And this to me, true. I like that mystery because, uh, and, okay. and that's why I think the Olympia Valance character was crucial because it provided a kind of, a, it was a sliding doors thing. She could have gone, uh, the good her part. life could have yep. been like Olympia mm. and mm-hmm. you know, with a, a, a relationship in a family, but she for some reason got drawn in. Was she uh, naive? Was she going in with eyes open? Was she a victim? Was she a perpetrator? I can't well, really I wonder if we'll find out. tell because... It just seems like it could be any one of those things. Yeah, and I think she's been in hiding anyway now, so I don't know you can talk to her. Overseas 7.30 did a special interview with her. Nobody knows what country she is in. Yeah, right. Uh, She does have a child, uh, but, you know, her life... Mm, so it's hard to get that backstory. Destroyed. Yes, as, as a scriptwriter, Dan, as, I don't as, know. That must be impossible given that scenario. Well, uh, I think we stop. I think mm. the story stops at a very defined point and we don't get into all of that. Yeah. Right. So, Malk, we've been talking a lot, especially you have on uh, the TV Black Box podcast, mm-hmm. about how drama qu- uh, Aussie drama quotas are now down due to the current circumstances. So it's probably more important than ever that these local Aussie stories do well. Um, for me, I'm going to give it away. The format fell a little flat. It felt a bit old and mm. aged. I don't know that Tarantino style that worked when we first saw it and was so thrilling and it just felt, I don't know, old. And the mm. gi- gimmicky sort of elements of that slow motion sequences mm. juxtaposed with the fast-moving yeah. flash, you know, the punchiness. Um, it's the same production company that's done all of them and, you know, had that gave us this spin-off. Yep. To me, it was almost paint by numbers. Do you think there's another way to tell this type of story, Malk? You know, a bit more, I don't know, Narcos or something or is that too risky in terms of what we want, you know, and what we need to produce to be successful? Yeah, I, I think that there, well, there's certainly other ways to tell the story. There's no question. I think that mm-hmm. the 
tight deadline in which they produced it meant that there was no way it was going to be anything other than an underbelly style colour by numbers mm-hmm, framework. Mm-hmm. Which I think Did you like it? I think look, it was just it just felt really popcorny. Like it was the kind of thing that you can sit down with a box of popcorn and watch, and if you don't pay attention, you don't, and if you do, you do. Um, there were moments when I was transfixed. Now I love Ella Scott Lynch as an actor, and, and I will watch her mm-hmm. in anything. And I thought she did whenever mm-hmm. she was on screen, which is a lot. Yeah. Um, I was pretty much paying attention, though. I thought that she was upstaged by some of the other players at times. Oh. I think um, oh. Jane Harbour, who is, to be fair, a part player. But as the cop that first arrests her when she's a, a law student, oh, your baby, yeah. that then becomes, you know, the detective that works and convinces mm. her to become, um, you know, in the, the scope of the story, I'm sure it's not the same in real life, but the detective that tells her to become an informer and works that relationship, Jane's brilliant. Um, and people may remember Jane. She popped up, I think, first in uh, A Moody Christmas. Um, she probably had other roles before, but that was the one that, that I first remember seeing her and she's been fabulous in everything. Um, Reece Stephen was great. Peacock's been good too. He, he yep. needed a little bit of work on the accent, but he was fine. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's the catch, though, is that when it, and we've alluded to it before, uh, when it, it really is the final instalment of the Underbelly series without being called Underbelly for all of the appropriate reasons, mm. what we got was Underbelly. And I think Nine and the production company did a really smart thing in that it was meant to be, I think, a four-part miniseries, and they basically smashed it together and turned it into two movie-length episodes. Um, I don't want this to sound bad, but it minimises the damage or the risk of people not watching, um, right. you know, spreading it over four in two big hits. We can plug it, plug it, plug it, and it just happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a time when we need to be supporting Aussie drama, and the best way we can do it is by watching it, this is a great solve and a great save. Because it means that people can tune in and check it out and see that when we're not getting a whole bunch of other, you know, Aussie drama necessarily popping up. Though this week, three. Mystery Road, mm. Um, mm. The Secret She Keeps and uh, Informer 3838. But see, our experience in reality mirrors watching this program because we all mm. thought we knew about the gangland wars and we, you know, these Tony Mockbell, yep. uh, the Williams family, etc. They were household names across Australia. But suddenly, a couple of years ago, came this, you know, all newspapers everywhere, Lawyer X. Mm. Hello. It turned out the twist nobody saw coming was that their defence barrister was a police informer. Funnily enough, not long so, after Carl Williams got whacked. Yes, mm. but. Uh, it's the same thing with this drama series, isn't it? We know mm. the story about Carl Williams. We know what is his fate. We we have you know we've had multiple iterations of the Underbelly series, going over this ground. But suddenly we're back. We're telling the story again, but from a female perspective, and showing one woman's very personal story about getting sucked in to this life and what ultimately befalls But it's her. not the first time, Brookie. If you remember in the Underbelly you know, franchise, I think it was Underbelly Razorblade, where they, they threw it back to, you know, sort of colonial Sydney, and it was the tale of two, um, you know, underworld female madams who were going That's to true. war. That's true, of and course. Anna yes, Tilly, yeah, Tilly, yeah. Tilly, Tilly Devine yes, and Tilly Devine. Kate. Yeah, yeah, that is true, but... This is a retelling of mm, very a story we all history, thought yeah. we knew, and actually we didn't know the full story. 
Dan, we didn't Dan know. I think you were trying to say something there. Well, you? just jumping, mm. piggybacking on the back of Brookie's point there. And can I just, I have to preface this by saying that it's always going to be a bit tricky for me to talk about Aussie sure. drama, obviously. Um, but it would be silly nice. for me to just praise everything for the sake <laughs> for the sake of praising it. But, you know, everyone's big enough and ugly enough in this industry to take opinions on the chin. Mm. My, th- my take is I enjoyed it, but I wanted to enjoy it yeah. more. And mm-hmm. I think, Brookie, it was following on from your point I, I worried watching it that the plotting didn't seem to trust that Gobbo's story was enough to narratively carry the whole thing. Yeah. It relied on cutting away to the Crim story too much, I thought. Ah. Um, like Carl Williams and the promise yeah. of his story even got the first commercial break, which really should have been a big no-no. It's not his show. The first break should absolutely have been on Gobbo's story. Yeah. Mm. And I'm sure there was a thinking that people love seeing those criminal characters and all the underbelly stories so they wanted to service that. But for me, it just diluted the story. So the idea of learning more about Nicola Gobbo's story mm. was what drew me to the series. But whenever they weren't with that, when they were off with the other things, I, I found myself losing interest. I well, really only really wanted to follow her. spend a lot of time on Terence Hodson. Yes. Mm. Uh, who was the, you know, the, the family of drug dealers uh, played by Rhys Muldoon. But they were so unusual. They were oh, a happy how, family. Have a baby, have a line of coke, and here's your baby milk. It's <laughs> so bizarre. Just compelling. And the Sky News doco interviewed one of those daughters, and it was amazing. And, it, you know, we are a loving family, but yeah, we happen to be drug dealers. So it just felt I like th- a split focus to me. I was sort of like, are we telling her story? Or are we telling, are we having well, a better choice? Do you think that's I because they don't have more details, like it's well, super I mean, they, they did have to rewrite elements because of various criminal yeah, procedures. Right, they did. But under, under Belly used to be 13 episodes. Yep. Mm, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the scene where they, the two, the husband and wife got shot. And that, that to me was the most gripping scene, actually, action-wise. Yes, and that's a fair call, Joe. I put it to you, though, Brookie, that the reason why this one isn't 13 episodes is because every other part of the story they've already done. They've been told. Yeah, of course, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I did, I did leave as a woman. I wanted to know what would make you capable of doing that, and even just not only living with yourself, but just sleeping at night without fear. Like she's obviously fearless, mm. and I want to know how, why. Well, that's not what the promo says point. for next week, Joe. It looks like she's freaking out at a car blowing <laughs> oh. up and doors. Oh, open okay, all right. So she loses it, loses it. Good, she's normal. Um, and finally, we and we will get your verdicts in just a second. But a lot of the viewers said they turned off. Um, Fellas, it, 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 like what, what went wrong? How, how did it not engage viewers? And it just, you know, Brookie, you said you loved it, so you weren't mm. bored with that style, obviously. Um, I think, uh, well, well, I spent a lot of time overseas when the original Underbellies were playing out, so I maybe assume that a lot of people felt like they'd seen the story yes. before. Uh, I think maybe some of them, maybe she, I mean, I found her, I find Nicola Gobbo fascinating, mm-hmm. but I imagine as the type of woman that the character is, could have rubbed people up the wrong way, uh, and they thought, why are we going to watch, watch this? Watch this, yep. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I so think. out of uh, five, Brookie, what are, you, what are you giving it? I'm giving it four. Oh, that's your highest yet, I think. Correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong. That's, that's a good, there you are. Well, tune in next week on Channel 9, 8.40, uh, because viewers still have the chance to catch the second episode and, of course, the first on uh, Catch Up. Nine I'm now. going to go mm. Nine now, that's right, if you can deal with the ads. It's torture. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to you, Malk. 
Oh, look, it gets a what whole, did you reckon? It gets a whole extra star for Ella Scott Lynch and Jane Harbour, their performances. So I'm giving it three and a half. Um, Ooh, okay. Completely watchable, nice. but, you know, watch it however you need to watch it. It's not appointment television, but definitely watch it. Oh, I like that word. Okay, Dan, I know you love and know all of these people. So do you want to rate this show? <laughs> it's part of the job I... description. Oh, I know. I, I'm going to give it a three and a half stars. Three and a half. Okay. I yeah. feel like for some reason, and this is not my usual character in life, but I am turning into the Gordon Ramsay of the bunch. I am what afraid I'm going to give it oh, a generous two and a half. Wow. Okay. I, I would For me, it wasn't appointment television at all. Yeah. And um, I was left flat and disappointed. Well, Sorry, Joe, guys. if they'd had a few more real That's housewives in there, you probably would have bumped <laughs> oh, the score up. Well, they did have Roberta's christening. <laughs> Boom. Oh, dear. All right. Well, now we uh, move on to you, Brookie. Is that right? Is that the oh, time? What? Or am I, I going... No, no, no. I'm going back to Dan and he's no, going no, to give no. us the details of what we are uh, binging on next week. Well, we're going to get Mog to do that for us. Mog, what have we got in line for our next group binge? Thanks, Dan. Going very much against type and my general viewing patterns, uh, this coming <laughs> week's group binge is a sports documentary. Um, oh, I love those. Now, it's delivered to us by the best in the business, ESPN. They specialise in this 10-part documentary series mm. format. Uh, they gave us an absolute ball terror for OJ, and they are about to do the same for who... I saw somebody called this week the greatest sportsman ever. Ever. Michael mm. Jordan. It's called mm-hmm. The Last Dance. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, and I say to you, dive in and just devour as many episodes as you can, ready for next Wednesday. How? Yes, new episodes drop every yes. Monday, I believe. I... How many episodes are there, Malt? There's, ten there's two up, out now. There's two now and there'll be a third by the time mm. we record next week. I can't wait to chat about this one with you guys. Yeah, people are going off on social mm-hmm. media, so that should be a good chat. Make sure you let us know once you've watched it too and give us your thoughts. We're at TV underscore binge box. Looking forward to that one, Malk. Good pick. All right, it is now time to take a deep dive into... Rewind. Okay, Brookie, we are girding our loins. We are ready. What have you been revisiting this week? Well, Potters, it's time to jump in the time machine... Mm-hmm. Because we're going all the way back to 1971. Oh, God. God, I wasn't even born. To a program that changed TV drama forever. Wow. There are so many things I like about this show. The characters captivated me when I watched it growing up. But I'm a bit of a nerd for TV history, and I find the production stories behind the making of this fascinating. A key one is that the network that produced it hated the program so much that it sat on the shelf for a year and then was only scheduled at 10.15pm on Sundays in the graveyard slot. Do we need a buzzer? Are we supposed to be buzzing in with our... Yeah. Are we guessing? Have you got it? Do you know? (laughs) I haven't got it yet. I'm seeing bafflement. Yeah, buzz in. And and kids, you can play at home. Is it US (laughs) drama, Brookie? I am getting there. I am getting there. Don't interrupt. Oh, Mr. Quizmaster. Okay. So it went on to become a global smash, particularly in America, winning eight Emmys, a Golden Globe, two BAFTAs, two Royal Television Society Awards, and three Writers Guild Awards. It's a drama, a history drama, about an aristocratic family 
and their servants in Edwardian London. And it was created by two actresses who wanted to give themselves roles as the servants. And like other programs, it's mixed family drama with history. So the series got into women's rights, the First World War. Malk, buzz in. Upstairs, downstairs. There's downstairs. Yes, I think that was almost a photo finish. Well done. No, I buzzed, but he said it. Okay. And I had no idea. (laughs) All right. So five series were made on ITV in Britain. And uh, one of the other many great things about this, so they mixed the history with the personal. When one actor got sick of their part, the producers decided that they'd make the character take a voyage on the Titanic. Of course. (laughs) So what a way to write someone you out. Yeah. You know watched, you're not coming back when you get that ticket, don't you? <laughs> I've watched a couple of episodes again on um, a box set, Joe, cover your ears, uh, and it, it, it just feels so radical and harsh. Uh, production values, obviously, are reasonably simplistic. The sets are very lavish. But what have we got? We can only fall back on the writing and the acting. Uh, in this program, and I just thought they were great, both superb. So I don't think if we hadn't had Upstairs, Downstairs, we would have got Gosford Park. Yep. We mm-hmm. wouldn't have got Downton mm-hmm. Abbey. Even our previous group binge, Self Made, the Madam C.J. Walker story, which again mixed the personal with the historic in the tale of the African-American beauty entrepreneur, uh, would not have had upstairs downstairs to inspire it so i did watch it on a box set because i wanted to look at the making of the documentary which is a fascinating story in itself you can see it on britbox acorn tv or you can buy it on youtube or google play one thing i would advise though is to avoid the reimagining of it which the bbc put out in 2010 because it's nowhere near uh, as good okay. right. has anyone ever watched an episode before joe i have seen an episode before and i did love it so i think it's actually something i could i couldn't convince the kids to no you know to do it no way <laughs> But um, if I can find it on something other than a DVD, I might be able to fossick through. So, Brookie, thank you. I might do it with my mother one day. That's a very Revisit. good idea. <laughs> Mulk, you've watched everything. Yes, but I haven't watched Have all you watched of this. this. I think the last time I watched an episode of Upstairs, Downstairs, um, it was last century. Uh, though it would have been with my parents who adore this. You know, they they would have watched it the first time it came out in Australia mm-hmm. and all of those sorts of things. Um, I agree that without it, we wouldn't have had Downton Abbey, which I just loved in an absurd way. Uh, so if, if I could find it, I'd probably um, go and check it out, but I can't see me doing much more than maybe one or two <laughs> I Which is possibly all you need. I found it so much harsher because mm. Downton Abbey, it's kind of... Uh, in comparison, a bit sort of nicer, whereas this one is just like, no, you're from downstairs, you're a servant, you don't matter. It was really brutal in some of the depictions of the class yeah. system in, in England at the time. Yeah, ouch. Truthful, but ouch. Dan, you're looking puzzled. <laughs> no, 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 I've never seen an episode, um, but I did love Gosford Park, so if it's in that sort of same sort of wheelhouse, I... I might check it Dan's out. Dan's the baby of our bunch. Yes. What what generation are you in, Dan? Are you a millennial? He's what a are you? Gen oh, God, no. <laughs> Gen no, what? I'm, I'll be 40 in two months. Oh, so no, I think you slip into X. 
Oh, I'm we're in X. the same. You're, you're not yeah. too young. And the new ones, Alphas. Is that what they are? Oh, God. I don't know. We're too old to know about that. All right. Thank you, Brookie. Appreciate it. Joe will be diving into the Ooh, Rewind files my time again, again next week. Yay. Something exciting Can up I actually sleep, just I hope. give a shout out? I'm not sure who did it, but my sister was very thankful to who recommended uh, the capture. She's obsessed. Oh, that was oh, yes. oh, good. I'm glad uh, she liked it. Yeah, she's very happy with that, so she thanks you. Good stuff. And speaking of shows that we've talked about on this podcast before, I clapped uh, Family of Suspects yes. a few weeks ago, the Seven News special that uh, was made exclusively for online. Well, it is now going to the main channel uh, at 8.30pm this Sunday night on Channel 7. It's so good it's been promoted. In the same vertical so if you format? Want to check, I do not know, but um, that's where it's airing. So if you Goodness. want to check it out, you can check it out this weekend on Channel 7. Mock. I completely forgot, and um, this is coming full circle for us, friends. In my yes. binging this week, I smashed through all six episodes of The Secret She Keeps. No thanks to Tenpai. Oh. That is a diabolical platform. Do not use it. Uh, however, I didn't expect to, to go past the first step, and I was just next, 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 100% hooked. Uh, it started tonight on Channel 10, and I say to you, go and watch it. It is really talking good. Talking about Downton, the girl in it is yes. from Downton, isn't she? What's yes, her name again? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. In a very against typecasting. But she plays it so wonderfully. That demure nature that we saw in part that she played out in Downton does play into the secret she keeps, but she's also very, very menacing and completely freaky. Excellent. Thank you, Mock. We'll definitely check that out. Want to be supporting Australian drama, especially at the moment. Team, that is us for another week. Huge (sighs) thanks, as always. Exhale. Uh, Huge thanks to Mulk, Joe and Brookie. Where can we find you all on the social media platforms, Mulk? I'm at Steve Mulk everywhere that you want to be. And please, friends, thanks to Travis Merton, by the way. He's gone and given us a five-star rating and a review. Ah, You can too. Thank you, Travis. Travis. Thank you. Yes, that was very sweet. We appreciate it. Joe? I am at Joe Casamento1 on Twitter, at Joe.Casamento on Instagram. And Brookie. I am at Viscount Brookie on Instagram and Twitter if you want to talk all things television or piano playing. Nice. (laughs) Very good. And I'm at Dan M. Bennett on Twitter. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. If there's a show you'd like us to check out, a hidden gem you've discovered, let us know. And if you're a network executive who'd like us to preview your show, our complete impartiality can be bought with wine and most decimal (laughs) currencies. So just (laughs) drop (laughs) us a line. Uh, Stay safe, everyone. Stay inside and make sure you join us again next week for more TV Binge Box. Until then, we're out. Ciao.